Are you ready for what God? See, the worship, that's us giving to God. But what you need is God returning it to us, and that's the word of God. Brother Emery, would you come, and would you give us the word of God? Would you stand today, and let's get ready for what God is going to do. Hallelujah. Preach, preach. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Everybody glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight. I know we asked that often, but... Uh, I think it was David that said I was glad when they said unto me. And David is out of the house of Judah, which is the fourth son of Leah, the first wife of, uh, Jesse, of uh, Jacob. And Jacob had 12 sons, and Judah was the fourth. Leah said, and now I will praise the Lord, which is Judah. Judah had a daughter-in-law that he promised to his younger sons that he didn't give, and she feigned herself as a harlot. And he went into her and had a child in wedlock with that lady. And the 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 law says an adulterer cannot go into the house of the Lord for ten generations. So if you count all the way down from that to David, you'll find those 10 generations were exhausted. And so when they got to David, he said, whoo, I was glad <laughs> when they said unto me. Okay, y'all don't get it. All right, it's don't worry about it. I waste, that was good stuff and I wasted it. Y'all just don't get it. I was glad when they said unto me because my daddy couldn't go. My granddaddy couldn't go. My great, great, come on somebody. But when it got down to me, I was glad when they said let us go. Amen. Uh, there is a direct correlation. You read in the book of Acts when they begin to lay money at the feet of the apostles. You read just keep reading, you'll see miracles, signs, and wonders being performed. And the reason is, if we're not careful, money becomes our God. God is, he then becomes the second deal. Listen, um, I preach to our churches, money is a resource, not a source. God is my source. I can run out of money, but I can never run out of God. Listen, God is inexhaustible. You can't never run out of him. So if God is your source, then you're going to be good. It was... Uh, I'm going to preach in just a minute. Just hold on. It was Isaac that was in a famine. And the Bible said it was a famine like the famine of Abraham. But instead of going to Egypt, he stayed where he was. And there was a famine and a drought. And he planted. And then... I don't know where the water comes from. It doesn't tell me because he's in a drought. But he, he yielded 100-fold because he realized God was his source. And when you make God your source, you cannot outgive him. Malachi doesn't say the window of heaven is open. It said the windows it is a plural situation. And I'm, I guarantee you God is able to pour out more than you can give in. So, so I'm not intimidated to talk about money. I know I'm messing with some of y'all. I can see some of y'all reaching back and making sure I haven't pickpocketed you, grabbing your wallet. So I don't, I don't need your money. You need to give it, though. Seriously, because I, I like good things, but 
I've been to Nordstrom's and I've been to Neiman Marcus and I've been to Saks Fifth Avenue, but I've never seen peace for sale. You, you can't, you don't get this stuff. I, I've never seen peace for sale. I've never seen joy for sale on eBay. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I've never seen that stuff for sale. The CEO of a Fortune 500 company, if he's laying in the ICU on a respirator, he ain't thinking about going back to work. He want healing. I went to any mall in the world where healing is on the display that you can buy a bottle of healing. But you listen to me. When you're faithful to God, and he hasn't told me to do this. I'm just trying to help you. I'm good. Look here. I'm good, baby. You don't have to worry about the brother man. I'm good. All right? And so when you respond, you listen, you can't buy peace. And you can't buy joy and happiness. But if you'll give, God will open up the natural window and the spiritual. Wait, hold on now. He will cause you. Now, listen to me now. I do, I left being blessed a long time ago. You can have that. That's free to me, to you. How many of you would like to be blessed? Because I'll give that to you. Because it means nothing to me here. Who wants to be blessed? Really, raise your hand. All right, I'll give you that. Uh, that's, I don't want that. That's one-dimensional. I'm not looking for one-dimensional stuff. I don't serve a one-dimensional God. I serve a multi-dimensional God who's a transient being that's everywhere at all times. I'm sorry, y'all taught me this stuff, now y'all don't believe it. You say, what is better than being a blessing? I mean, what is better than being blessed? Becoming a blessing. Being blessed is cup mentality. My cup, anything that runs over is spilled and it's useless. Becoming a blessing is something we call, I don't know what y'all call it here. Where, 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 where are we at? What is, yeah, what's, oh, where's Missouri? I don't know about Missouri people. But where I'm from, we used to hook up a hose pipe. Anybody know what that is? A garden, okay, it's a garden hose right here. A garden hose, okay, y'all. Y'all's a super. I'm country. It's a hose pipe where I come from. I got one, I got one lady waving. I, I said, I y'all sophisticated. I'm sorry, excuse me. A cup you pour into and it has a level to it. A garden hose is attached to a flowing system. You're not getting me. The hose gets the flow to where there is a need. And as long as you hooked up to the flow, it flows through. I'm not a cup person because I don't have a ceiling. If God flows through me, I'm the first recipient of what it. Okay, y'all, y'all don't want me. I don't know this. I want to know anybody want to become a blessing? real easy. If he ever asks you to do something, do it. If he ever asks you to give, give. Give the amount. They told me, you, I had $5,000 coming back from taxes. I never get $5,000 from taxes. Always have to pay or get a couple hundred bucks here or there. I had that money all planned out. God said, give the money to mission. I go, this is the first time I ever been to so I gave it. Little than I know, I was going to refinance my house, and I needed $16,455,000 that I didn't have. When I went into my checking house, I had the exact amount down to the penny because you cannot outgive God. I'm just telling you. And then, and then I got a re. I got a rebate from my impound uh, account 
of the $5,000 that he told me to put in the missions. Because I'm not blessed. I am a blessing. So I will always be able to give and never borrow. All right. You, hey, go ahead, Missouri. You do it your way. I'll do it the project way. All right. What am I preaching? Oh, Isaiah, he says, I have no idea. I didn't even know what your preached this morning, but it was good. Isaiah 54 and 1, verses 1, um, Isaiah 54, verse 1, 2, and 3. Sing, O barren, those that didst not bear break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou, thou that didst not travail with child. For many are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Verse 2, enlarge the place of thy tent. Watch the, now watch what he's saying. Enlarge the place of thy tent. Let them stretch forth the curtains of thy habitat. Spare not. Don't get cheap. Don't get chintzy on me. Spare not. Lengthen thy cord and strengthen thy saints, for thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. I want to know if you here in O'Fallon, Missouri, are ready to break out on the left and break forth on the right and have God enlarge you, your habitation, to a place you can't even imagine in your mind. Is there anybody in here getting ready for increase? Somebody say amen. Put your Bibles down. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, get ready for increase. Y'all didn't say that with much conviction. Y'all not excited. Get ready, Get ready. For, increase. for increase. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, I'm about to bust out. And I don't mean to see to my pants either. Y'all can be seated. 2019, we are fascinated with increase. I have an apple. I told you about Siri today. Now, I have a seven. And they tell me that there's a new one already, a 10. So I go in there and have a mess around. You go like, you need to upgrade. This is an old phone. I said, does it still work? She goes, like, yeah, but there's new stuff. I said, young lady, I remember phones. <laughs> she looked at me like, that you had to dial. She said, oh, my God, how old are you? <laughs> I remember phones. We thought it was cool that you had a push-button phone. That was cool. If you would have told me when I was in high school that you would have a telephone that was fit inside of my chest pocket, I would tell you you have lost your ever-loving mind. But we have them today. We love the new, sophisticated, advanced, state-of-the-art, futuristic devices with increased power. We're fascinated with the downloads and the upgrades. They, I've seen people camp out at an Apple store overnight with a sleeping bag to get the new phone. That's crazy. I'll wait till the new phone get old and I get the new old phone for 50% off. 
I wonder what would happen if we changed our fascination from mobile devices to what God could do for us. I wonder what would happen if we got, instead of having a 2018, that we get a 2.019 upgrade. Oh, that, okay, that's 2018. That was last year. Y'all are a little slow here in Missouri, all right? You need some pollution to help you feel better about yourself. The air is too clean here. So I'm not willing to serve God on a 2018 power out. I need a 2019 upgrade. Because I'm not facing the same situations this year that I faced last year. So I want to upgrade in God. Not too many amens yet. I want God to upgrade me. And I'm one of these guys is that here's the deal. If you're going to give me a hookup, give the brother a hookup. So I'd say, God, if, if you're going to give me power, I want the real thing. Now, what we don't understand is that each challenge, this is why some people are sort of cautious because if you start to declare things, you know challenges are going to come your way. But we need to change our mindset to what a challenge really is. Sister Buford, a challenge to God is not the same as it is to us. A challenge to us is a problem that we cannot solve. To God is an opportunity to show us how powerful he really is. Every challenge and every adverse situation and every situation that comes against you is not an, uh, it's an opportunity. You need to change the way you see it. It's not trouble coming your way. It's God showing you what he can do with the trouble coming your way. Amen. And then because if we're going to go from faith to faith, we have to have another challenge that will challenge my faith. And then I, my faith to faith is not going down, but it's an upward scale. And so God will put you or allow challenges to come in your life so that you can have a greater measure of faith to believe that God is able to do anything. And I don't know about you, but the, the scripture says, I can do all things through Christ, amen, that strengtheneth me. And I will never know that unless I am challenged with situations that's far above my pay grade. But there is nothing that will challenge me that God cannot handle in just good fashion. Somebody say amen. Genesis 1 and 28, and God blessed them, and God said to them, this is to Adam and Eve, or to Ish and Ishii, uh, be fruitful, watch now, be fruitful, and what? Multiply. Do y'all believe this? Replenish the earth, subdue it, and the next says, and have dominion. Oftentimes, we read this stuff and we don't believe it's for us. I've changed my diction. I've changed how I operate. I don't take dominion anymore because it already belongs to me. You only take stuff that doesn't belong to you. So I don't take dominion. I declare dominion. It's getting awful quiet in here. I declare it. And then I exercise authority to subdue what I've just put over, dominion over. Are y'all listening to me? Because we are dealing with principalities and powers, rulers of darkness in this world, and spiritual wickedness in high places that want to keep us contained. But you've got to throw that stuff off and say, I will not be contained in this little cubicle you're trying to put me in. As a matter of fact, I'm going to show you exactly what my faith is saying. Before I increase, I'm going to start a building program before I even need to be built. He said, look. Look here, honey, don't wait until you're with child to build the nursery. Build it now. And the child, oh, okay, you just sat there. The child, pastor, 
The child is called revival. The, I wish somebody help me preach that. I said the child is called revival. The child is called doubling your capacity. Oh, come on, somebody. The child is called more people than we've ever seen. The child is called what God wants to do. Jesus, maybe see that Jesus is walking by a fig tree. He is coming, he is going to Bethany and he walks by a fig tree. As he gets closer, the Bible said, and he was hungry. And when he saw the fig tree, the fig tree had leaves. So he was expecting to find figs. And the scripture said, but the times of figs were not yet. So as he gets close to the figs and he's happy, there's nothing on it. So he cursed the tree. And I'm going like, okay, that's, don't you think that's a little, that's a little rough? <laughs> I mean, I guess you guys don't, y'all don't question the script. I don't question God, but I said, I said, don't you think that's a little, you know? It's a tree. It's a pure, and it is not even time. So he goes to Bethany. <laughs> She's laughing. She goes, as you can tell, I'm insane. I'm, I'm, you know. and, and so he goes to Bethany, hangs out with Lazarus and Mary and Martha. He's going back. The tree is over here. He, doesn't, he just doesn't even look at the tree. He's walking. I'm thinking like, at least stop by and say, you know what, little tree? I just, <laughs> he just keeps walking. And, and the disciples are having pity for the tree. They're like, oh, Lord, look at the fig tree. Oh, my God, the leaves are gone. It, the, the, the little tree's all dried up. And Jesus doesn't even, listen, he does not even turn around. He doesn't turn back. He just says, have faith in God. <laughs> what? What? So I'm saying... So when I read the scripture, what, when, where, how? What are you talking about? How's it? And I'm going to say, what? You just cursed a little tree. He better be glad he wasn't living in our day. They didn't kill him. <laughs> oh, you cursed a tree. Oh, my God. We're killing him. He's, he would have got crucified again. <laughs> so I, I just. He came to the tree. The season was not yet. He was the one who invented seasons. He says, when I say it's time for figs, I don't care what the season says. Somebody better hear what I'm telling you. I don't care what you say. If I say it's revival, it's revival. If, all right, you sit there if you want to. If I say there's harvest, it's, uh, you better hear what I'm saying. God can change a seat. You say, hey, Ophala is not the place for revival. It is if God says it is. This is not. Can I preach if I want to? Hey, we've never seen that before. You are about to see it now. I wish somebody would stand up on your feet and say, God, if you want harvest, you get harvest. If you want fruit, you get fruit. We don't care what season. We don't care for summer, winter, spring, or fall, or something in the middle. If you say it, it is so. So he said, have faith in God. Then I said, I don't understand that. Be seated. So what is faith? Now, are y'all okay out there? Can I slow down a little bit? I think y'all must have like fresh water up there because all of our water is polluted. California, we drink polluted water. So Y'all water, I can tell when really intelligent people because their water's really clean. <laughs> and I kind of leave them in the dust because of my, how do I, you know. So they're like, what is he trying to say to me? My mind is so pure, he's just talking craziness. 
So in actuality, he did not say have faith in God. That's the King James Version. The other version said, he said, have the faith of God. And there is a difference. Faith. I'm sorry, Mr. Salmon. Faith. Faith is not what you read in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. That is not a definition of faith. That is description of the substance of what faith is. Faith is it's so convoluted, I have no idea what he's saying. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things. And I say, I'm thinking, like, that's pretty. I just asked you a question you didn't answer. <laughs> that's very theological. That is not an answer to the question. That's a description of the answer to the question. So I had to go and find out what is faith. And I found out faith, it's not in the book of faith. It's not even in Hebrews chapter 3 at all. It's in Ephesians 3 and chapter 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. Faith is what you believe God can do. I wish somebody helped me. Now, I don't know about you, but my God can do anything. He can do exceedingly, abundantly, above, above. We're talking about increasing above all that I am able to ask or think. Faith is what you believe God can do. My God is able to do anything. So that's faith. That's having faith in God. But that's not what he said to do. He said, have the faith of God. So now I got to go find out what that really means. That's not in Ephesians. It's not in Hebrews. It's in the book of Romans. Now unto him whom we believe, even God that quickeneth the dead. Watch now. And calleth those things that are not before they were. That's having the faith of God. The faith of God is saying what God will do before you even know he will do it. I know I was going to lose some of y'all with all that fresh water. Come to Cali where I am. Polluted water will do you good. It will revitalize your brain cells. It will kill some, but the ones you have left, man, they will be really good. It's what you, watch this, it's the things you speak into existence by the faith of God. I wish somebody helped me now. He called Abraham the father of faith before Abraham could even have children. He called the things that were not, I know y'all lost some of y'all, as though they already are. So what you're doing is you're looking at the impossibilities. Well, pastor, we can't grow anymore. Our building's too small. Well, there are other builders in this city. Hello? You don't have to stay here. But I know some of you are in love with the carpet. Some of you are in love with the paint. Some of you are in love with the walls. Oh, well, I already know how this works. Oh, we won't leave. You're just like the children of Israel. You're going to take us out of the wilderness? Bless God, we've been here for 40 years. The guys are cool because they, they don't have to buy no clothes for the ladies because their dresses never wore out. They didn't have to worry about going go to Walmart because their shoes never grow up. They go, hey, we want to stay here. It's cheap. They got up in the morning. There was manna. They didn't have to go shopping. And they said, you finna take us where we got to take care of ourselves? Oh, no, we won't stay here. They had a welfare mentality like some of you have. Because if we leave here, it's going to cost me some money. Let's just stay here in this little old place and get cramped out. I, I, come on, I'm on preach to you. You brought me here, or he brought me here. Take it up with him when I leave. <laughs> but I come to tell you, it's time to get ready for increase. It's time to open your eyes. I feel the Holy Ghost trying to talk to somebody. It's the time to open your eyes and see your son next, sitting next to you. But if your son can't got a place to sit, how is he? God can't bring him.
bring them in. If you don't make room for God. Don't get in love with the building. Get in love with the God that gave you the building. And he'll give you. God is in the building. God is in the power of he's expanding. You need to hear what I'm preaching to you. He said, if you come with me, I'll give you houses that you didn't build. I'm in your Bible right now. I'll give you houses you didn't build. I'll give you uh, uh, harvests that you did not plant. I'll do stuff for you that's never been done in the history for you. But you got to make ready. You got to get ready for increase. So he told the woman that couldn't have babies, build a nursery, stretch the cords, lengthen the skirts, move the curtains, tack the thing down, make it stable. Because you're about ready to break out. You're about ready to expand on the right hand, on the left hand, in front of you. And behind you, somebody's got to break out of the little mentality. Us four and no more. No, God has a whole lot more than just us four. Somebody ought to get ready for increase. Doesn't matter how long it hasn't happened. What matters, it's about to happen. Somebody say amen. We have to be careful that we don't fall in love with carpet. I understand we're human. We're moving into a building. I have never heard so much belly aching from people. Oh, what are we going to do? We're going to a bigger building. It's just, it's a, we fall in love with plaster and sheetrock. Seriously? I see people with old cars, they don't get it. Well, they're comfortable. Well, yeah, you're in a rut. Rise with another word that you're sitting on. He got it. Yeah, he's, he's a good old boy. I like him already. Yeah, I know what you mean, brother. My leather's about like that right now. Like, oh, yeah, I got in the groove right now. They didn't want to go to the promised land. Because it meant work. It's that four-letter word. Work. We don't like revival because it means work. I'm going to have to teach a Bible study. I'm going to have to take a new convert. And come on, somebody. Right now, I can just come to church. Don't worry about it. Just sit here. Have a little, just a Holy Ghost good time. Let all the old fallon go to hell. I'm having a good time. Or maybe God's trying to stir O'Fallon and says, I'm not done. If you're done here, I'm not done. And if you're not careful, I'm going to tell you what God will do. He'll let you sit on that pew, and then he'll go find a drug addict like me and clean him up and fill him with the Holy Ghost. He'll start teaching the Bible studies you ought to be teaching. He'll start bringing people you... Well, we need a bus. We don't need a bus route. You got a car. I'm going to mess y'all up. Y'all need to, I know secretly y'all going to have a little tally. goes like, whatever you do, don't blame the black guy back here no more. I'm telling you. The sucker has lost his mind. I'm bringing him back here. I'm telling you. I'm not coming to church. He's just messing up my whole game plan. You want me to put a stranger in my car? No, I want you to put somebody that's calling to this church to be born again of the water and the spirit. I want you to get some, oh, come on. I want you to get somebody. I've already knocked on their door. I've all, oh, you're not hearing what I'm saying. You ain't got to be afraid. God, there's people that God's already knocking on the door of their heart. God can go to places of no fallow that you won't go. He'll go into neighborhoods that you are afraid, but God will walk in there big and bad. Oh, come on, somebody. What are you going to do when they start 
start walking in, gangsters and all of this stuff. If you don't go out and get them, God says, I'll go to the highway. I will go to the byway. I'll go to the hedges. I'll go where you won't go. And they'll start coming in here. And you better get ready for them. Because if you don't take them, he'll take them to someplace that that will take them. Are y'all helping me preach that? I was, I was preaching in the place, and I was in the south. I was in the deep south. I was way out far. See, I'm from the south, so I'm, I'm from the deep south, so I can talk southern. You know, in the southern, when it's warm, you open up your window. So I'm preaching. So I said, what if God wants to bring a bunch of black people in here? What y'all going to do? I only got quiet just like this. Quiet now. Wait a minute now. Don't move too fast now. Let me get my breath. What about Hispanic people? What about Oriental people? Do they do they not need to be saved? Do they not need the Holy Ghost? Do they not need to know what you know about this God? I wish somebody come on and help me preach it. I'm taking where you don't want to go. Amen. We need to get colorblind and Jesus sensitive. Come on, somebody, because when you go to heaven, there's not going to be one race. There's not going to be one creed. Uh, there's going to be all kind of people, all different languages and all different. Come on, somebody. I mean, your Bible. Come on, hear, hear what I've got to say. Can I preach to you today? Can I preach to you today? You listen to me. This is not a cultural thing. This does, do, not let people, do not let people mess with your head. This has nothing to do with your culture. got nothing to do with your creed or your nationality. The gospel is an international thing. The gospel of Jesus Christ knows no boundaries. It knows no color lines. It, oh, come on now. It doesn't know them things. It will reach anybody that you give it to. The gospel doesn't have to do with that. The gospel deals with one thing, covenant. Be seated. We got people now that says Jesus is black. I'm going like, when? When, when was it getting, what, when did he get black? What, what? I said, seriously? Well, he's in the book of Revelation. I just, and, well, man, see what I'm saying, dog? He in the book of Revelation, you know what I mean? And uh, he, he dressed like a brother, you know what I'm saying? He got woolly hair. Look at my hair. My hair woolly hair. I said, no, there's a difference between woolly hair and nappy hair. <laughs> well, look how he dressed, man. He got on a white suit, you know what I'm saying, with some gold-tipped shoes. Don't that sound like a brother to you? I said, no, but you sound like an idiot to me. See, I can do this stuff. I'm not afraid. I ain't afraid of nobody. You can't do nothing to me. I can make one phone call. All of y'all will be dead. I'm a G from the old school. We will make Jesus who we are. The cat that painted him, that everybody, that wasn't Jesus. Who painted him? Was that Michelangelo? Who painted a picture of Jesus? He says Da Vinci, he says Angela. He used that homosexual model. That ain't the Jesus I serve. So let me cook it real so you can eat it good. He did not have blonde hair. He did not have blue eyes. He was not black with an afro. He didn't have chopsticks and he wasn't a Mexican rolling a tortilla. But every, y'all laughing, but every dominant culture wants to make Jesus to be relevant to them. And that's just not what this is all about. It's not me him being relevant to me. It's be, being what he has called me to be. It's not me trying to make Jesus in my own image. It's about him making me and hit all oh. This gospel 
it's not a black gospel. It's not a white gospel. It's not a brown gospel. It's not an oriental gospel. It's not a Spanish gospel. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ to everyone that believe. It is the power of God unto salvation to every creed, every nationality, every person, every soul on the face of the earth and a soul. It's what's contained in your body. God did not die for your body. He died for your soul. And your soul has no color. It is whatever color the wind is, your soul is a, a vapor. So the gospel defines color barriers, breaks them down, moves them aside. If we say we want revival, then you have to take the revival he gives you. Listen to him, listen real carefully. Not the one you want. Now hold on, just stick with me. Be seated. I got some people in the back riding. The other y'all just looking out the window. <laughs> He's taking it in the neighborhood. I'm going to get drive-by and get shot in the head over the drive-by. Pastor, so here's this cat. Dude, person, sorry. This is my project's coming up. He, he knows me. He knows I'm crazy. And so he owns a lot of land. Where I am in California, they diversify their land. Over here, they might have thousands of acres. Over here, almond trees. Over there, Brussels sprouts. Over here, cucumbers. Over there, bell peppers. I can roll down the street if I want, if I want strawberries. I pull over to the side of the road. There's a cat selling them right there, fresh out of the orchard. That's where I live. Y'all have to go to the supermarket. Bless your heart. <laughs> and all your parts. So he says, it's time for me to harvest. Watch very carefully. So he says, lift up your eyes on the harvest. It is already white and ready to harvest. The fields are white. Now, listen very carefully. That wasn't white people. Sorry. Just had to tell you. He saw, he saw a group of Samaritans dressed in white going to Jerusalem for the Passover. And he knew the Jews would not talk to them. He knew the Jews had discounted the Samaritans as being worthy of salvation. And Jesus is saying, that's one of my harvest fields. It just went over their head. So he says, ain't y'all hungry? They goes, yeah, you want something? He goes, no, go get me something over there at Starbucks, would you? I'll take a macalacho and a hoopa hookah. <laughs> I don't drink that stuff, and I can't say it. I ain't drinking it. <laughs> What's a frappuccino anyway? She's laughing. I don't know what that is. I'm, I'm not drinking that. Give me a water with ice. I can take a rest. Watch what he does. He breaks every rule in the book. You see, the gospel breaks every rule of etiquette in our world. Political world. He goes down and he sits next to a Samaritan chick. He broke all the stinking rules. You're not supposed to sit with a woman, and especially one that's a Samaritan. And especially a Samaritan woman who's got a lifestyle that's He's like, where's your husband, girl? Well. <laughs> he said, yeah, we're sitting on a well, girl. And I'm talking about where is your husband? <laughs> we're sitting on a well. You know, she's like, well, you know, <laughs> it's a long story, you know. <laughs> she's going like, that's what I thought. <laughs> so he has a conversation with a woman that he's not supposed to have. He has a conversation with a person that's of the wrong ethnicity and the wrong racial divide. And he has to send the church away because they hadn't got over it yet. 
Oh, I know where I am. Yeah, I know I can do this. Yeah, hey, girl, you know what I'm saying? Sends her away. She goes and brings, watch this. She goes and brings the whole city to him. Can I say that again? The whole city came out to see Jesus. But the church wasn't ready. And they was like, what are you doing talking to her? He said, what are, you, what are you talking to? I can talk to who I want to talk to. But you're not supposed to be talking to her. She's a woman. Really? I didn't notice. What? Like I don't know what a woman is? I know what a woman is. She's a Samaritan. I know what she is. Well, you got no business talking to her. What? That's why you think I sent you away. Why did you think I sent you away? Because you're blind and you can't see. And I'm already looking for a harvest that's going to be reaped. So I had to sow a seed in a field that you wouldn't sow. So there'd be a harvest for a church that's right down the road in just a little while. And then here comes Philip. Goes to a city called Samaria where Jesus had sit on a well with a woman a few years ago and the whole city remembered his name. And so when Philip started preaching Jesus, they said, that's the same guy that was sitting with the woman. At, oh, you're not hearing what I'm saying. What am I trying to say? I'm saying that God has already planted seeds in your God has already planted seeds of revival in your community before you ever got here. All you got to do is go get. Oh, God. It's going to get rough in here, buddy. You really don't want to come to Merced. Can I blow your mind? Merced is not a black church. Oh, I guess I did blow your mind. It's not a black church. I have white people. On my staff, the, I, we li actually have white people coming out of church. <laughs> I have some Hispanics. I got accosted. I, I got accosted, almost tackled from a chick from China. I thought she was Lucy Lee. I, <laughs> I said, girl, don't make me kung fu you. She goes, oh, Pastor, Pastor, I love you. And she comes in, boom. Here's a Chinese girl hanging on to a brother. That don't happen any place but in the church. The church demolishes racial lines. The church demolishes cultural. You better hear what I'm saying. Do you guys want to stay where you are or do you want to go to the next level? Because when you go to the next level, God has everything for you already prepared. I'm just about done. Listen, again, I'm not preaching my sermon. I'm out here in the deep. I don't know. I might have to make sure y'all don't throw me overboard. Y'all might think I'm Jonah. Last thing I know, be well, come and try to swallow me up. I rebuke him in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Are y'all with me yet? Yes. So this old man dies. He's close to 100 years old. So my pastor calls, I'm busy. I need you to go over to, to this family. The, the mom's husband dies. She's a grandmama, great-grandmama, dies. So I'm over there in my car and I get in. They're all, they're all Hmong. They're all from Laos. The Laotians. I'm standing in there like, what? I'm looking around. And it's like, there's no black people up in here. There ain't even no white folks, no nothing. I can speak a little Spanish, no taco, enchilado. <laughs> let's hit the road, oh, let's go, oh. Let's, if you had an old, you can speak Spanish. You know? <laughs> She's not laughing. She's probably Spanish. She's like, Dios te bendiga, hermano. See, I fooled you, didn't I? It's the spirit of Dios in the nombre de Jesus. It's the palabra de Dios. It's the word of God. I can speak Spanish. I can't speak Laos, though. So I'm standing there with the room full of people. Pastor, I'm standing there in the silence in the room. I can't talk to them. 
they can't talk to me. So I get the mama. So mama comes over to me. I'm a big black guy. I'm towering over all this. Her, her head hits me right there. She grabs me. She starts crying, elder. Then another one comes, and they start crying. Before I know it, I cannot breathe. No, no, no. I cannot breathe because I am overcome by their grief. Somebody just died that they love. Before I know it, I can't speak a word of their language, and they didn't speak English. But we were all crying, grandkids and kids. I, I, I started to hyperventilate. I couldn't, it's hard for me to breathe. I was crying so hard that all I could do was pray. And I got in my car. I was sweating. I was crying. I was like, okay, God, what was that about? I don't understand what you're trying to teach me. He says, what did you say to them? I said, I couldn't talk a word. He said, oh, yeah, you spoke. Because there's one language that no matter what culture you are, what color you are, what nationality you are, it's called love. Everybody speaks love. Oh, y'all ain't clapping because you don't like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody speaks. I wish somebody help me preach. Every nation speaks love. French speaks love. Germans, uh, if you can speak love, you'll win the world. I wish somebody help me preach it. God hasn't called us to figure out who can be saved and who cannot be saved. He's called us to love everybody that wants, whosoever will. Uh, let them come. Let them walk. Let, let us. All right, I'm getting in here. I'm almost done. So he goes out at 6 a.m. in the morning, the first hour. Then he goes out at the third hour at 9. Then he goes out at the sixth hour at noon. Then he goes out at the ninth hour at 3. Then he goes out at the 11th hour right before the 12th. That's 5. Why? Because, see, he's the Lord of the harvest. And the Lord of the harvest, here's what he is. The workers don't really care that much about the fruit because they're paid one penny per hour. But the Lord of the harvest cares about every ripe piece of fruit that's hanging on the tree. Now, he started in the morning, but now it's 5 o'clock, and the, and the harvest hour is almost over. So he's working them. Come on. I don't want, listen, I don't want one ripe fruit hanging on the vine. Are you listening to me? Friend, we are the 11th hour church. Listen very carefully. We don't have that much more time to get the harvest. The harvest is ripe and the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are still few. Because we want to work where we want to work in the field that we, no, God says, if I send you to a field, you work the field. The field is ripe, ready to be harvested. Are you with me now? He says, if it's an olive field, I want every olive off of every tree. Elder, he wants it down to the last olive. Nothing to be lost. Because he's not willing that any should perish. People you walk by in Walmarts might be right fruit. Smile at them. Tell them Jesus loves you. Really? Because God just came in my house last night. I was looking for somebody that believed in God. Because CNN and NBC and uh, CBS and M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E has got you thinking that nobody wants God anymore. And the devil is a liar. I don't care what CNN says or the New York Post. I don't care what none of them say. If God is here, there are people that's hungry for God. There are people that want God. They're looking for somebody that says, I'm a believer. I believe. Come on, somebody. I just want to know, are y'all ready for increase? So I'm like, okay, God, I'm ready for increase. Yeah. 
So I said, where are we going, God, on the north side of town? He says, no, we're not going there. I said, but the north side of town is where the university is. He says, what are your motives here, son? I go, well, the university is where the fat cats go. And my motivation is, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get paid. You know what I'm saying? Now, I act like y'all so holy. You know you're gonna take the dollar, you're gonna take the job that pays you 20 bucks an hour, except for the one that takes you ten dollars an hour. Come on, let's get real. Let's get real. He said, No, you're going to the west side of town. I goes, but we came from the west side of town. Yeah, and you're going back over there. Because it's, it's, that's not the way I want it. It's not about you, it's about me. Okay, oh, all right. Don't get huffy. <laughs> so we're the west side. We started a church. We started a church on the west side of town. We just had 112 people. Had a daughter work. So we planted another daughter work. Why? Because my city has more than one field of harvest. I wish somebody helped me. So I got laborers in that field, laborers in that field, laborers in that field, and laborers in that field. We have four daughter works and one central campus. Every work is a silo. You plant a silo in a field, and the harvest goes in that silo. Are y'all listening to me? I want to ask you one more time. Are y'all ready for increase. Yes. No, no, whoa, 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 whoa. Because increase messes your life up. Increase means some of y'all going to have to get, it's, this is a really dirty word in church. Some of y'all going to have to get involved. It's a dirty word. Because we get this new school thing. Well, I'm going to go to church on Sunday. We smokes. You know what a smoke is, don't you? Sunday morning only Christians. <laughs> smokes. <laughs> Revival comes, you may have to teach a Bible study. To who? Y'all do know what a Bible is, right? All right, just, just check it. You might have to go pick up somebody in your car with kids. Go like, okay, Pastor, we're not ready for increase. I'll just tell it. I'll just tell it. At some point, we're going to have to get hungry for this thing. At some point, it's going to have to be the driving force of what we're supposed to do. It's just not me and us three and my four and no more. It's winning the city. It's getting the community. It's knocking walls out. It's crossing barriers. It's crossing color lines. It's crossing nationalities. That whosoever will, let him come because we're ready to knock the walls out and we're ready to expand. Am I talking to the right church? I just want to know. Remember, I walked into a lately white church. Pastor was white. I'm black, in case you haven't noticed. <laughs> they were singing uh, I'll Fly Away, the old country western. I said, I'll fly away over the eye. I'm used to going up beyond. <laughs> it wasn't a culture shock for them. It was a culture shock for me. This lady comes running around. I've never seen nobody shout before. Running around. She looks like she's about 85,000 years old. She's running around. Whoa! Her name was Flossie Flowers. Flossie was running. I'm, I'm looking at her and my medical stuff. because, like, okay, your pupils are dilated. Your carotids and jugglers are beginning to faint out, girl. I was looking at my, do I have my CPR card? If you drop them, it goes like, girl, if you drop, you on your own. The pastor gets up to preaching. His beady eyes are budging. His pupils are dilated. He's slamming. He's got blood rushing through his carotid arteries. I said, you know if I'm not going to give the old girl mouth to mouth, you ain't got a shot, old man. <laughs> it's a, that's just, I don't, my brother man car won't let me go that far. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, wow. So if you think us coming in here is a future shot, you just think about me. to a hostile environment. 
No, 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 no. Listen, they invaded our.